Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious disease specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health education expert, that's me, talk to healthcare professionals about what you need to know about COVID-19, as well as community and public health. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Misunderstood Breakthrough COVID Deaths. Sadly, former Secretary of State Colin Powell recently passed away due to COVID-19 complications. His death has sparked conversations about breakthrough deaths among vaccinated individuals. Dr. Todd Ellerin, Director of Infectious Diseases at the South Shore Medical Center in Massachusetts, said Mr. Powell, who was 84 years old, was also immunocompromised and was being treated for multiple myeloma, which is a bloodborne cancer that in and of itself can lead to a compromised immunity. It certainly can. In fact, other cancer specialists said that myeloma doesn't just put patients at higher risk of severe illness, but they could also put their immune system at a disadvantage for fighting off COVID-19, even when fully vaccinated, because both the disease and the treatment itself are highly immunosuppressive. Powell was fully vaccinated, but was being treated for multiple myeloma, which is not curable. He had also recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which can itself be debilitating depending on the stage of the disease. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, there have been roughly 7,000 breakthrough deaths among the 187 million vaccinated Americans, with more than 6,000 of them being over the age of 65. This is in contrast to the more than 700,000 COVID deaths among the unvaccinated. In August, unvaccinated people were 6.1 times more at risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and 11.3 times more likely to die from COVID-19 compared to vaccinated individuals. Older Americans, those that are 80 and above, had the highest rate of mortality amongst fully vaccinated people. However, their risk of death was 5.7 times lower than their unvaccinated counterparts in the same age group. In other words, breakthrough infections should not be used as an argument against the vaccine. They should be used as an argument for vaccination because it is our best defense against the likelihood of death from COVID. Dr. Ellerin also said that some people in the U.S. are experiencing what he refers to as a precarious triangle of risk factors, including advanced age, underlying diseases, and the treatment for those diseases. These factors all combine to potentially make individuals immunocompromised and therefore more susceptible to severe COVID-19 infection. No one who receives a COVID-19 vaccine is 100% protected from death. But the vaccines have been shown to be extremely effective at lowering the risk of getting the disease. Prisons and COVID-19 outbreaks. COVID-19 rates in jails and prisons nationwide have been a problem since the start of the pandemic. Especially with the Delta variant, there continues to be outbreaks across the country. Particularly in North Carolina, there is a mandate requiring the staff at state-run prisons to be either vaccinated or undergo regular COVID testing, but there is no such mandate for the state's jails. 
And the vaccination rates in these jails, also referred to as detention centers, is unknown. Right. Hope, just to be clear, so we're not using jails and prisons interchangeably. Jails tend to be more local. Jails are a place where people are waiting to have a trial. And prisons are a place where people are placed after they have been convicted. Yes. So in the past month, there were three deaths due to COVID-19 from jails in North Carolina. Two of those deaths were staff members. One analysis revealed that COVID-19 has been the leading cause of death of law enforcement since 2020. Wow. Typically, prisons have a more static population than jails, right? Like we said, that's because prisons have individuals that have been convicted. Mm-hmm. People in jail may only be there for a short amount of time and people may come and go. Many have not faced trial or have even been convicted of a crime. People can be in jails for a few hours at a time. And there is a high frequency of people moving in and out, creating a higher chance for COVID-19 exposure. Right. Outbreaks in correctional facilities are difficult to deal with because there is limited space for distancing, quarantining, and isolation. Furthermore, there's a lack of personal protective equipment and testing. One North Carolina County sheriff had his deputies wear wristbands indicating they were vaccinated, which in turn influenced many of the unvaccinated deputies to receive the vaccine. It seems people feel more at ease interacting with the deputies since they can quickly identify if that deputy has been vaccinated. It's strongly encouraged that staff and those in correctional facilities be vaccinated, but is not required. This may change in the future, especially if the problem continues. That is very interesting that he did that. And I think that's a great way of amazing pressuring, amazing, (laughs) encouraging others. I always wish that we could have like a a V for vaccinated on our. I thought (laughs) it's a modern day scarlet letter. Right, right. A modern day scarlet letter. Exactly. I thought the same thing. Mental health days in schools. Mental health status has become a large focus for many as consequence of the COVID-19 pandemic in addition to other factors. Mental Health America recently released their annual report, which found that nearly 50 million Americans have faced some sort of mental health illness and are not receiving the treatment they need. Mental health is so closely related with physical health and is a large factor of overall well-being. The CDC lists severe mental health illness as a condition that can put people at higher risk for severe COVID-19. A study published by the Journal of the American Medical Association published a study that showed people with pre-existing mood and mental health conditions faced higher hospitalization and death rates from COVID, even when adjusted to control for other comorbidities, socioeconomic status, and access to health care. A few school districts in Johnston County, North Carolina, decided to do something about the nationwide mental health issues to protect their students and staff. Their plan is to provide students and staff with recognized mental health days, as well as built-in wellness days. Furthermore, some schools will look to adjust their calendars on a weekly basis to have mindful Mondays and wellness Wednesdays. Students and staff will still be expected to come to school, but these days will be less strenuous and rigorous than normal days in the hopes of reducing stress and anxiety. Oh, such a great idea. These school districts hope to do their parts to fight the declining mental health status of many Americans. The pandemic has brought on excessive strain and stress for everyone, and mental health breaks offer students and staff the opportunity to rest, recuperate, and come back to school recharged and ready to learn. I think this is amazing. You know, my child is in kindergarten now and the things that he is learning, I don't think I touched until I was in third or fourth or fifth grade. So they're starting earlier with harder topics. 
So please build in some recuperation days, some stress-free days, because these children are being put under a lot of pressures, like earlier than normal. 100%. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and to leave us a review, letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at www.hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry, that's D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and to see and share our amazing animations and to find out more information about us and the show, go to noisefiltershow.com. Just as a reminder, COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, do share the same risk factors. We are so grateful to our sponsors, Access Health Louisiana, and to the South Central AETC. You can learn more about them at www.scaetc.org. Hope, any last words? Yes, stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly. And protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also want to share with the healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AIDS Education and Training Center, the AETC. And it's a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have access to the best standard of care. I encourage you all to check it out. And remember, health is a human right.